and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, we watch The Searchers, directed by John Ford, starring John Wayne and Jeffrey Hunter. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I'm well. I'm on vacation. I'm finally getting some downtime, so I'm doing good, enjoying the uh, Western months so far. And uh, yeah, thing, things are good. I'm, I'm feeling more well-rested. Although I have to say, I don't know if you've, you're going to post this in video camera, but I look much crustier than you do because you, you are the expert. You have the, the much nicer camera. Well, yeah, I mean, I think hopefully next week we'll sort of both not be on par necessarily, but we'll both be looking pretty close um, to each other. So that'll be good. Um, yeah, shout out, shout out to you, Cameron, for uh, selling me one of your old cameras. It's it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, definitely. No, it's it's good to I, I kind of like it because I, you know, I don't want to pass it on to someone that I don't know and who who doesn't want to, you know, who's going to treat it poorly. It's my baby. It's like, you know, it's the it's the camera I um, I've had for like years now. So um, it's good that you get it now. Oh, yeah. She'll be taken care of. So I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, like cleaning her and all this stuff. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat her real nice. Don't worry. Do. about that it's it's different being online cameron because the last episode we recorded in person with tim you know mm-hmm. and that's just a different kind of energy we can interrupt <laughs> each other more we can you know now we have to worry about latency and making sure things uh work together probably on on my part for internet but i just want to say i really enjoyed uh last week's episode if you guys haven't listened to it uh, a good foundation getting into western month and all that um cameron this is the section where we usually talk about what we've been watching. Have you been watching anything or you've just been busy? Yeah, no, I actually, um, it's funny. I've been trying to prepare for this month. I know it's like we're halfway through, I guess now, but I've been trying to prepare for the next section of this month. Um, and so uh, I watched um, A Fistful of Dollars, um, the first in the Dollars trilogy or the Man With No Name trilogy. Um, and we'll definitely be watching, the reason why I'm watching uh I, I was going to watch all three of them, actually. And the reason why was because I wanted to pick one that gave you the best taste um, of Leone and sort of of that uh, time period. And so I wanted to to kind of – I'm going to go through all three of them. I'm going to sort of um, – make my notes and sort of think about what I, which one I want to show you. Um, I know, I, I think good, the bad and the ugly is, you know, it's definitely the most famous, but I, I it's, it's one that I have a hard time wrecking, recommending to people who aren't already invested in Leone or aren't already sort of, um, involved in that world. And I think actually coming out of the Western, the early era of the Westerns, um, I don't know if I want to throw you right into that. Um, I, I might want to ease you in with something else. So um, I, I don't know what I'm going to choose yet. I'll let you know. But um, I'm I'm sort of I'm looking forward to go going back through all three of them. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I didn't even realize there's tr- a truly I don't know who Le- Leone is or anything like that. So. Yeah, well, you'll find out. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, this week I've been watching a couple things just because I, I've been on vacation. It seems like the evenings I have more time to watch something. Um, but I recently watched The Sandlot again for the first time. And it had mm. been a very long time since I'd seen that movie. A lot of great characteristics. The movie's very fun. It definitely... Um, I don't know. Like it's like you have a perception of how it's paced and the way it works from seeing it because it's just one of those movies most people have seen. But it's really excellently put together. I mm. I, I enjoy the nostalgia and the um, kind of like feeling of the beginning and sort of the Mission Impossible heist aspect of the finale. Like it's very mm. um, unique in in the way that it comes together, and it does remind you of sort of a childhood adventure in the summer because you know, there's that there's those summers when you're a kid where you're like, you're obsessed with like one thing. And for these kids, obviously it's getting that baseball back and there's a lot at stake, but like, you know, I, I remember as a kid for me, like we used to play in this tree in the backyard and we'd like my brother and I'd be like, Oh, it's our millennium Falcon. Right. But it was like every day, like we're working on the tree, you know, we're trying to get the tree to launch. It was weird. We had a very strange imagination, but it's like, you're just, you and you know, the friends around you are obsessed with like that one thing, uh, in your backyard or in your neighborhood, or you're just, you know, I I don't know. I, I found like that movie and we watched around 4th of July as well. That, that film, um, 
it just brought back a lot of feels. It's really good. It's really fun. Really fun movie. Um, other than that, I think we just watched some stupid TV and little clips. I, I don't think I watched any other movies of any sort of consequence, but besides the one we're talking about today. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've never seen the Sandlot, so. What? Are you serious, Cameron? Yeah, I'm serious. What do you, what do you mean? Like, what, is there any reason? Like, what are you talking no, about? No, no. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking? Uh, are you no, serious? No, no reason. I'm, yeah, I'm serious. No, I, I've never seen it. Um, you're going to sit on this show and say you're a film <laughs> expert and you haven't seen the Sandlot? What? Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say everybody who sees the Sandlot is, that makes them an expert, but. <laughs> I just feel like you need to be stripped of your title for a burr. All right. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> So yeah, come on, man! Wow, wow, that's that's legit shocking. I would, you know, the film might be a little too happy for you, Cameron, but (laughs) um, I think it's I think it's really awesome. The ending is cheesy. There's a lot of like, like the beginning is the monologue of like it was the summer of nineteen blah blah blah, and then the ending is and those were the days. You know, I I don't know who made it or like who directed it. His name kept popping up at the beginning and the end. Um, as if like it's his staple style, but, uh, yeah, no, you should really watch it. Maybe I'll include that when I take this show over. Cause that's surprising to me. Um, that's very surprising actually. Yeah. It's one of those ones, you know, everybody has those movies where you're like, oh, you've never seen this, you know? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I feel like mine are mostly, um, like kids movies from, the era when we grew up, grew up, or like you know, like maybe the eighties and nineties, like kids' movies from that era. Um, I'm sure I have more, but I can't think of them. Um, what do you, I mean? Like you haven't seen like the Goonies or something? I've seen the Goonies. Yeah. Well, I'm. But you haven't seen the Sandlot, so I don't well, know. What, I, mean, I don't I'm know what just to saying, expect. Like there's, you know, there's. I'm sure there. Are, I I I can't think of any right now, but I'm sure there is. Because Holes is an example. Never seen Holes. You've never seen Holes? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And wow. and I've never seen the Iron Giant. Yeah. So those. Are, okay, yeah. but I, I don't care about the Iron Giant. All right, <laughs> and I know that might offend people. Whatever. I just want to say this. I can understand being like restrained from watching some of these more like childish movies but i do want to say watching the sandlot as an adult it stands by itself it's not like your normal kids movie like right. it's definitely it definitely has a quality to it that it i mean like if you watch holes i think you can enjoy it but you'll definitely be like yeah this is still a kids movie <laughs> yeah. you know there's something weird about it but yeah no the sandlot man it's it's really good We'll definitely have to watch it, Cameron. Or you got to watch it with some... I feel like you're going to get some flack. Like, some people are going to text you this episode like, what <laughs> are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I, I just... It's it's just one of those ones that I've never never seen. I've seen well, the Bad News Bears. I didn't even, That's not English. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the Bad News Bears? You haven't seen that? That's nope. one of the Coen Brothers' favorite movies. Well... I don't even know who the Coen brothers are, <laughs> but this is a podcast where we talk about movies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cinema Spectator. Uh, you can support our podcast at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get access to a commentary track. Uh, last month's commentary track was with Tim Smith. We watched the movie we reviewed last week, uh, Stagecoach, and we, talked to, uh, we also watched um, The Great Train Robbery. So that's like a 10-minute thing. It's a double feature, lots of giggling, lots of stupidness, and Tim's there, so we get to make fun of him. If you want access to that, it's just a dollar. It's already posted, and we'll be having another commentary track this month. It's undecided what we're going to do yet. But if you give that dollar amount, you get access to all the other ones as well. And there's some there's some special stuff in there. I shout out to the episode with my brother, even though it was like half of Empire Strikes Back. We were talking about music in movies. That's a good one. And a bunch of other stuff. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can tell friends and family about the show. Give us a rating on iTunes. All that stuff helps. It helps us be motivated to keep doing this podcast. And my goodness, do I want to quit after Cameron said that he doesn't want to do the <laughs> He hasn't seen Sandlot. All right, I'm <laughs> rambling. It's time to it's time to get into this movie, man. It's time yeah, to talk about it. John Wayne. Let's go. Yeah, so this is another sort of John Ford movie. I feel like this has kind of turned into John Ford month. Not really. It's, it, you know, uh, the thing about when you talk about Westerns, there's there's a, a couple clear periods where you want to dive a little bit deeper into. And the John Wayne, John Ford period is one of those ones where you can't skip these 
I would say you can't skip these two movies. They're um, essential viewing in uh, if you want to dive deeper into the Western genre. So um, this is coming at the later part of of John Ford's career. Um, He has actually, for the past um, five years or so, he has not made any... um, he has not made any Westerns. And and part of the reason was after World War II, um, after the things that he saw, he actually made documentaries in World War II. Um, he was one of the um, few filmmakers who, uh, you know, being drafted into the army um, was actually able to take video, uh, t- to take film of um, what was happening on the ground. And so um, some, some of that is, is really interesting footage. Um, very uh brutal obviously um because it's it's real you know it was it was uh, a lot of things that they saw were real he also made like army instructional videos and things like that um that are that are less documentary style but um wow. he uh after his time in world war 2 he he ended up making a few war movies um he made um yeah so he 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 started to do um war movies and and started to move away from the Western genre. And one of the reasons was because looking back at his career, looking back at his sort of mythos that he created, that he invented um, with the Western genre, he started to see the Western man as something that was a little bit immature or a little bit past the time. Um, You know, it was, it was sort of something that maybe he was longing for, you know, back before the war, um, but after felt like it it was not part of his conception of things. It was not something that he um, he really understood anymore. And I think you see that a lot in this movie. You see him sort of grappling with the uh, his own take on on Western on the Western genre, on the place of the Western man, on the place of even, you know, his own, his own filmmaking and his own films. So, um, I, I would, you know, that's kind of my brief intro, um, into this movie. I think it's really interesting to see him, to see this movie compared to the last one, where I think this movie is much more, um, fleshed out. It's much more, somber in a lot of ways it's very dark um and i think you know even the ending which is somewhat hopeful is kind of is kind of devastating at the same time and there's something very um melancholy about the whole the whole experience um and and i think you see this shift in john wayne or in john ford's filmmaking uh, and I think it's directly correlated to to World War II and to his experience there. And I don't know. I think that comes out a lot in this movie. And and this is in a lot of ways a retrospective on his experience as a filmmaker. You know, in the in the lead up to the war, um, and his his res- retrospective on sort of the place of the of the Western man, the place of the the heroic archetype. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I didn't have any of that context besides seeing Stagecoach, then into the Searchers, right? But you can tell there's a lot more anger and like introspection, like of the way the characters are operating, and there's a com. There's kind of even conversation around race as well, which is not Definitely. normally explored in Western movies, and. I mean, with the context of what Ford is doing in World War II, I think it makes sense why some of these ideas are explored. Yeah, so The Searchers follows um, the story of John Wayne's character. What's his name? Um, Ethan Edwards. Yes, Ethan. And um, and uh, also, like, what is it? It's not his... What, he's an uncle? Or it's kind of confusing with Martin, the, well, the younger guy with him. It's... Um you know he's a he's a kid that he that he rescued in this it's kind of similar actually to uh, red river uh, right. funnily enough but um he's a kid that he rescued a long time ago and uh, was was growing up with his brother's family um yeah so he rescued this kid right and the plot is that john wayne's related family um is basically wiped out by a native american tribe and one of the young girls is assumed to be alive and so they're searching 
uh, for, I mean, for lack of a better word, they're searching for her. They're pursuing this tribe. They're hunting after them for the entire movie and looking for um, this gal over a period of years. And it's, I mean, it's a good setup, right? You're, you're bought in for them kind of being these, you know, heroes that are after to save them. But it's also like, it's kind of vicious because the beginning is, um, you know, with, with as much violence as that they could show in a movie like this, because it's an older one, right? It's, it's, um, portrayed as basically a slaughter of the family. Um, and you know, they, they cleverly have like John Wayne say, you don't want to go in there. You don't want to see what's in there. Right. And as an audience viewer, you're like, your gut is dropping, right? You have an idea, right? There's, you know, <laughs> clothes all over the battlefield. You kind of assume that there's a lot of nasty stuff happening there. And so there's this anger, this viciousness, and they're off. And John Wayne's character, Ethan, has a bloodlust a little bit towards the, the Native Americans as well. So I think I think it sets it up really well. And you're right, it's very um, much, much darker than Stagecoach. I actually found that moments of the film, for me, had a little bit of this like uncomfortable feeling with the happy Western music as these guys are, you know, hunting down, Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the native Americans. It's, it's a little bit strange. And then the brutality continues. I mean, there's this opening scene where they're with the Texas Rangers and they find the body of an Indian, uh, buried. And John Wayne has that like crazy moment where he like spins the gun and like shoots, shoots the native Americans in the eyes. And he's like, Oh, this like bans them from the afterlife or whatever. You're like, dang, this is yeah. this is kind of intense, you know. But um, this the setup is awesome, Cameron. Do you wanna um, do you wanna get into our reactions to the film, what we thought of it, or uh, do you wanna give any more ba- uh, background or context? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I I do want to talk a little bit about sort of uh, you mentioned how he's he's commenting on race, and I think that's um, that's very much the case here. And you know, you mentioned his bloodlust for for the Comanches and um it 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 goes so far as to to be almost the for for John Wayne's character it's the point of the journey right the point is not necessarily vengeance against um against uh you know his his family it's almost the 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 point is to is to kill these these comanches and i i think you're right actually that um it's meant to to make you pretty uncomfortable um when there's this sort of heroic music that has you know uh traditionally gone with sort of heroic activities and heroic things um being played you know along with sort of this this slaughter that's very brutal um and and yeah, and I think I think that's I would say that's a conscious effort on Ford's part. Um, and there's there's another moment. Um, maybe we'll get into it uh, in terms of spoilers. Um, you know, in the spoiler section. But there's another moment that I think is really evocative of that same feeling, where um, you know, uh, Edwards does something that is that is really um, in the same way that that you know. I don't know. He does something that's, that's, that's really vicious. Um, and, uh, it is almost, it's almost a, a commentary on, on how, you know, how far he's willing to, to stoop, you know, in his search for, for vengeance. So, um, I think it, it broaches these topics in a really, in a very mature way, in a lot of ways, in a very, um, a very sincere way. Like, I think it's actually looking at the, at the real issue of, um, you know, these, these people who are going into each other's territories and, and, um, murdering each other. So I I think it's, I think it's actually very, it's sympathetic towards both the, the, the Comanches and the, the Rangers and, and John Wayne. So. Well, yeah. And I, I do think also that there is a, interesting exploration of diversity in the cast right from the mexican guys at the cantina who you know have their own sort of character going on to i think some of the related family to like Lori, Lori's family like what are they they're definitely like her dad has this interesting accent i don't know what yeah it i'm is, not sure but. what he's supposed to be um yeah I, I couldn't i couldn't tell and then there's there's you know i don't know the, all the characters are coming from different places from the reverend that is also, 
you know, ranger, captain, or whatever. And then even, like, the disdain for the cavalry towards the end of the movie, right? There's all these different factions and people at play. Um, I just found it interesting that they were able to explore um, sort of, like, a complexity of where, where they're coming from. And I, and I think it really comes forward when, like, you know, uh, Ethan, John Wayne's character, and um, Martin... They're like trading stuff with the Indians and it sets up that joke with the wife and all that stuff, right? Um, but like there's a gray area, right? They're still interacting with them. They're still like – it's not just like constant hostility. There's also like uh, a culture and a society between like, oh, some are violent, some are not violent. Some of them are just like – I don't know. Like it's not something that you see a lot in these Western movies. Usually it's like, oh, uh, Native Americans, those are the bad guys. Those are like the – you know. There's, there's nothing to them, but there's more of a culture explored in this. And um, even, even their their initial hospitality uh, with Scar, right, when they when they meet him at the end, too, is like yeah. there, there's more of a humanity despite some of the inhumane actions taken by both sides. So, Well, and then at the same time, you know, uh, Edwards has a has a line where he says, you know, the, the Comanche, you know, a man, if if the if the Comanche were, was a man, uh, you know, he would, um, you know, his horse would die and, and he would keep walking, but the Comanche, he, you know, the horse dies and, and he picks it back up and makes him walk 20 more miles, you know, saying like, like he's, you know, he's fierce, you know, the, 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 the foes that they're going up against are really fierce. Um, and there's, in some ways, there's a little bit of a respect um, in, I think, the the portrayal of um, of how the Comanches operate, um, and you know, as as brutal as they're shown to be, I think they're given a lot of, um, a, a, you know, a lot of of um, similarity, I guess, with the um, with the main characters. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Cameron, I want to know, because you've seen this movie twice, like, what is your take on it, right? Like, what, how do you feel about it? Because I'm, I'm a little fresh off it. I'm still trying to figure out where I stand on it. There's a lot I like, and then there are a couple problems I have with it. But I want to know, sort of, like, why did you pick this film? And, I mean, you've already given some context, but really, like, what's your standing opinion on it? Yeah, so I think this is a really great example of sort of how the Western changed as a genre um but specifically i mean i think i think this movie is really excellent and really well made first of all it's just beautiful i mean it is you know it's it's one of the most gorgeous movies um you know ever shot it's it's just it's stunning every every you know every shot is is beautiful but um you know other than that i think it's actually a very it's it's a movie that you know a, a lot of other westerns i think have a, a very contained theme or a very contained um uh you know emotional setup and payoff um and then this movie i think has is trying to explore so much um and is trying to to really delve in deeper than than I would say a lot of Westerns from this era. Um, and, and you see it, um, in some ways you never really see it again happen this way. Um, this is like the last Western epic that is, um, tackling with the, the sort of classical ideas of the Western genre. Um, and, and for that, I think it's, first of all, it's really important, but I, I, I also think it's, it's the best example of the of the classical Western period, um, and and yeah, no, I I think you know the first time I watched it, um, I was kind of, um, I I guess I I don't really remember my my thoughts too much on it. I I thought it was good and you know interesting, but um, I don't I don't think it it really stuck with me all that much. But watching it again, I mean, I I really. Um, I really appreciate how how deep Ford is actually trying to to tackle these ideas and and how interested he is in his own place in history and sort of his 
um, almost like rewriting of of the of the genre. So um, yeah, no, I I think it's a I think it's a really beautiful and well made example of sort of this era of of the genre. So I have to agree with you, man. The the visuals are just stunning. And we and I rented it on Amazon. I guess it's recolored with Technicolor or something. I don't no, know if no, you want it's it's not it's not recolored. Oh. Um oh. so the the way that they shot it was um actually they shot it with three film strips. Um it's a huge apparatus. Um you know, the camera is ginormous, but um so it's called Technicolor. Um and that's what they shot The Wizard of Oz with. Got it. Um that's what they shot uh um uh the other movie that we watched, uh, what, what was it? Um, I can't, I can't, I always forget the name of it. Um, we've seen another Technicolor movie before. Yes. Yeah, we have, um, uh, Scarlett O'Hara and, and you know, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gone with the wind. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that, that's in Technicolor and that's an earlier version example of, of Technicolor actually. Um, but this is sort of, I think it's one of the last features um, to be made in this way, and and one of the um, one of the reasons why it was so um, why it looks so good is because it's shot three times basically, and then they overlay it, and they you know each is the um, the different color channels, so uh, then they overlay it in post production, and it gives it this sort of this. Um, massive spectrum of colors. It's it's like, you know, imagine like a, a whole 35 millimeter film strip all dedicated to one color band. You know, it's right. like, it's it's an insane amount of colors. And you see it, like you, you see it in this movie, just how, um, yeah, just how gorgeous everything looks um, and how it's, like saturated and vibrant everything is. Yeah, anything, like I just love the scenes in the snow there's that one scene where john wayne and martin are going down um that snow hill to like meet up from or they're they're, they're, they're trying to check out like this camp that the calvary had just destroyed with indians in it right um and it's like you can see the sky is just alive with this rich blue color and the snow contrasting with that it's 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 stunning it's really stunning my dad walked in when i was watching this film and he was just like wow, this looks great for an old movie and it's filling yeah. up the flat screen to you. I'm just like, man, there's something about it. Anything in nature. I mean, you can tell sometimes when they're like on a set, it still looks good, but there's an, there's a, it makes you feel like you're, um, man, I, this is such an obscure reference, but like sometimes it, like when they're on a set, it reminds me of the colors, like at a indoor golf land looking thing. I don't know. Like there's something about it that I'm not, Loving as much. It reminds me, I don't know if you guys have been to um, the like mini golf at Santa Cruz with the pirates and all that. Yeah. yeah um, but it kind of reminds me of that. Or obviously, like it's a set. So it's going to have a little bit of a look. But anything outside is just like, wow. Look at those mountains. Look at, like it's, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. And that's amazing what you're saying about the three reels. Like it's just so much information going into that film, you know? Yeah, no, um, and which is you know another reason why it looks so good. I, so you know it's 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 crazy. I think um, what one of the I think one of the other things that they did um, maybe not in this um, in this movie, but one of the other things that they did in this time period with um, how to get you know something widescreen is they would actually project three. Um, they would actually in you know in the screen they would actually project three different projectors that would be playing simultaneously wow. um and that's how they they got it wide i i don't think they did it with this movie there was another way that they made it widescreen but um but yeah i mean it's just so impressive looking like it it just is gorgeous and and you know it's interesting because we'll we'll probably watch <laughs> um we'll probably watch movies in the next uh a couple of weeks that look much grittier, much less saturated, um, not quite as good, but still in color. Um, and you'll, you'll kind of be, I think you'll be impressed about how, um, just how gorgeous this movie really is. Well, yeah, I mean, I was impressed with barely knowing anything about it. So that, that, that says something as a casual. So yeah, I think this movie is gorgeous. Like you're saying, I think everything between Ethan and Martin, 
as characters is what drew me in, right? Yeah. Uh, Ethan being the younger guy that is is um he doesn't have a bloodlust, so he's constantly you mean sort Martin. of uh yeah Martin. Martin, the younger guy, like he's basically judging Ethan, John Wayne's character a lot for his actions. And he feels like he has to keep him accountable so he doesn't go off the rails, just killing everything in sight. Right. Um, and so like their, their relationship, right. Martin is driven by saving his, who he considers his sister because he, he grew up in the same house. Right. And John Wayne is more concerned about um, killing the, the tribe of Indians that's led by Scar. What are they called again? I can't. I keep forgetting the Comanches. Comanches, right? So he's just like after the Comanches. Period. He's already forgotten. It seems about, um, you know, for lack of a better term, like Martin's sister. Martin just grew up in the house. They're not technically related, but he considers her his sister. And John Wayne is always like, "No, you're not. You're not related. You're just yeah, someone yeah. that was saved." And at that at the point when you know when they find her, he basically says like she's not related to me anymore too. So yeah, um, you know she it's I I think you're right. There's like the tension between the two is, is very interesting. But keep going. Yeah, so that's what really drew me in, and I felt like all of their journey and their mission that I described at the beginning of the podcast, like that that had me engaged, that had me in for the ride. There are some interesting supporting characters you know the reverend and the current uh, whatever he is like and the captain of the rangers is is interesting um you know martin's love interest uh lori she's she's all right i guess i think like oh and i, I you gotta mention the bald guy that's kind of crazy what that yeah guy's i love really the funny. bald guy Mose. yeah he Mose. Mose is hilarious in, in the movie but I found myself being extremely bored at a lot of the interactions that didn't revolve around um, Ethan and Martin. And I think they kind of chop up the pace and the feeling. They're there for breather. They're there for comedic effect. They're there um, to make it uh, like for me, it felt like they were there to make it feel like an old Western movie. Um, I'm like, do I really need more scenes with Grant, like Lori's parents snapping at each other and I don't I don't know like there's just there's little things that make it feel dated when I just wanted to see the journey I wanted to be involved in the drama more and so that kind of brings you out but as you like like I guess walking away from the film and thinking about it more right it's like all you really remember or and and what really sticks with you is Martin and uh, Ethan's struggle on their journey right like that that is what stands out the rest of the stuff you forget but the fact that it the the other stuff is in there is annoying in viewing it right just as a casual viewer for me now they might serve um like like for instance like they spend a, a decent like uh, what like 10 minutes establishing the family at the beginning before they're slaughtered by the indians right I have to be real. Anytime, like those kids are annoying, dude. They're super annoying. Like kids in old movies are super annoying. I don't know what the deal is with them. Um, but when they were killed, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's bad of me to say this, but thank goodness, you know, like it's done. I don't have to. I don't have to see any more of them. And I was like, and they served their point in the plot, right? I just don't know if I needed to spend ten minutes with them. I I assume an older audience would watch those ten minutes and relate and connect with that family somehow. I didn't. I did not. I, for them, they were a plot device, right? For them, they're like, they're Ma and Pa yelling at each other and little Jimmy, you know, whatever he's doing, screaming at his sister. I'm like, <laughs> just get on with it. You know, like, I don't, I don't care about these, this, this family that much. It's just outdated dialogue and outdated. I'm, I'm not connecting with them. Right. So little, little scenes like that. Um, but anything with, I just, I got, I can't, I'm a huge John Wayne fan now. I think that's really what it is, right? Like mm. anything with John Wayne, I'm like, just give me more of that. You know, I want to see more of that. I want to see these wild, like these fun, exciting supporting characters interact with this larger than life actor that it just has this energy on screen. He just captures your attention, you know, and yeah. even seeing him in sort of a more nuanced role where he's heroic, but he's also kind of driven by a negative motivation, um, it's, it's great. Like, I love the scene in the cantina where, um, Ethan and Martin 
are trying to get more information about where Scar is, and the Mexican guys start helping him out, and they're giving him the, the tequila, and he keeps spitting it out, and then he throws it over the fire. You know, there's all these yeah. these great moments. Like, that so scene, funny, yeah. I'm like, I'm okay with a little bit of this old-school dialogue, you know, these characters that don't matter because John's there, you know? If John Wayne is there, I'm in it, right? But as soon as you make me watch little Jimmy and his sister fighting, you know, for two minutes, I'm bored. You know, I'm like, I don't care about them. I want to see more of John Wayne. And you know what? Even for that matter, like I liked I liked Martin too, right? Like they're they had more depth. Um, the only other people I got excited to see were, you know, the Reverend character is fun and, and Moe's. Moe's is, is I could have seen it, I could have watched a scene with Moe's and not been bored. Um I think that's me being a little bit facetious as I don't know, I didn't even say that word right. What a I'm like slurring it. But like I'm just being I'm I'm being impatient, I think is probably the best way of saying it as a, as a, as a viewer walking away from it. Like I like it for what I'm saying. I like it for right. The, the drama with John Wayne, the journey of getting there. That's why I enjoy this movie, but I couldn't ignore some of the boredom that I felt in the other scenes with the supporting characters, if that makes sense. And I think maybe that Cameron, maybe that is why your initial viewing, you're like, that was just good where the second viewing, you could just hone in on what was really awesome in the first place. Yeah, it could be. I mean, watching it this time, like, you know, you mentioned these moments, but they're they're like pretty minor scenes. Um, and I would say that they don't, like they don't take up a lot of the the movie, and even in those even in those scenes, like you know the there's a scene where, um, where she you know she's reading the letter, and even in that, like it's it's kind of flash it's a flashback as well, you know, with right with John but, Wayne and with with Martin, you know, the, the you know what I mean? Like, scene, dude, the letter scene was so annoying. They kept cutting away from the parts I wanted to see to have you know Lori continue to read this letter. I'm like just. Don't even include the letter. <laughs> I was like, "Why is the letter here?" I just want to see what was happening with that. But I, I didn't really mind it because um, I think it it sort of fleshes out. Um, I guess I guess the the one thing that I will say is like, I don't know if I care all that much for the for the love subplot um, yes. between Laurie and Martin. Um, it's it's like it's fine. Um, I, like. I don't know. I, I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate that it's there. Um and I kind of like it as a juxtaposition to the the sort of hardened character that um that that John Wayne is, you know, like I think it's I think in in fact like the conclusion of it where, you know, everybody gets their place back in the in the in in the house. Everybody gets their place back at the, you know, gets their seat back at the table except for John Wayne. I think that pays off really well, and like so that that means I'm w- I'm more willing and able to sit through sort of the the love stuff, and I actually really like the fight scene between the the husband and and Martin. Like I think yeah, that's really um, that is it's, it's really charming and and funny. Um, and so like there are comedic moments, um, you know, throughout the whole thing that that um don't I would say don't take away um. F- for me um and so like i get what you're saying um but i i wasn't really bored with with any of um the sort of supporting character just just because like it wasn't that much like it wasn't that much throughout the the movie so um, i don't know if it was because i i don't know if it's not that it wasn't that much but it got in the way for me just a little bit and mm-hmm. I think maybe on second viewing, it would be like my brain tunes out at that part because I know what's coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see the part that I that stuck with me and that I care about. You know? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I don't think it hurts the movie that much. I just wanted to acknowledge it because I'm assuming not a lot of people have seen this movie if they're listening to this episode, right? And to go, go into it with high expectations but not you know, ready to chew on a little bit of that old school dialogue and boring character stuff that isn't consequential at all. Like you're right. I don't think the love interest stuff matters. Um, and even what you're talking about, about the table, the ending, right. Um, I don't know. Like I wasn't thinking about the love interest at the end very much, you know, 
I think the symbolic closing of the door on John Wayne is what had me like sitting there kind of being like, oh, Def- yeah, definitely. You know, like definitely. I'm not thinking about how other people are going to the table again. I'm thinking about John Wayne. Like he made the right decision, but he's still out, you know? Yeah. Like it's done. So I don't know. Like I just wanted to call it out from a modern viewer. I think that's kind of like the big thing. I was like, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that some of those scenes were boring for me. Right. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it take it takes away a ton from the movie. I still think this movie is, is very good. Now what I'm stuck with Cameron and and this is the question I was thinking about. Although this movie has the look and the epic scale and like this, this incredible world building around the, the Western or Texas, the Texas adventure as they're searching, right? I cannot decide if Howard Hawks somehow did it better with Red River, right? Yeah. And this movie was made after that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, right, my lukewarm opinion on Howard Hawks is beginning to have a little bit more light. Although it is not in beautiful color, which I am upset by, there is something similar between uh, Ethan and Martin's you know, tense relationship. And you could see a little bit of that in Red River with um, John Wayne's character and the younger guy in that as well, right? So I'm, I've been thinking about Red River a lot in watching this film. And there are things that I enjoy about this movie and it's, it's um, kind of epicness and it's beauty, but I was more convinced by the tension and relationship uh, in Red River than I was in this one. And it's begin. It's like it's starting to creep into my mind where I'm like, "Wow, Howard Hawks. How many westerns did he make? And how many did John Ford make? Like, how is he that? How was he able to even do that? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was his first western at that time. It's so. just amazing. You know? Yeah. It's it's amazing to think about it. And um, yeah, uh, you can see a lot of the DNA of that film in this one. 100%. I think I think that this movie. Um, maybe suffers from such a vast epic expanse uh, of a Western, right? There are so many locations and characters. And I I do think it's still, you know, when I describe the plot, you can understand the streamline of it, right? They're on that search, right? It's driven by that train. I think Red River has um, even tighter uh, vision with it somehow. And I, and I, I um I don't know why like I just I don't know why it worked for me more. Like this I was waiting for this movie's Red River ending. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cuz there's obviously a tension building throughout it and it ends in more of a reflective way, right? Considering a lot about you know the main character in a western, John Wayne's resolution as a character in this film. Um, there's a different commentary going on compared to Howard Hawks' approach in Red River where it is this culmination of plot, right? There's not as much subtext about the industry around or the world around him. It's more of like this, you know, like huzzah to the, to the ending of Red River's story. Um, and so maybe, maybe that's why this film, um, can be dissected more but I found that Red River's ending was more enjoyable as a casual, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I actually think that's that's very fair, um, especially considering, um, you know, could, I think they're just different. They're they're activating different um, emotions in their sort of conclusions. Um, not to say necessarily that one is better than the other, but I think I think Red River's um, conclusion is very. Um, in some ways very positive and sort of um, it it's much more, but it's much more um, inclusive in sort of the, the main story, right? The, the conclusion of that movie is the conclusion of those two characters. Um, You know, the, the conclusion of that, that movie is sort of, is actually just the, the resolution at that point. Um, In this movie, it's much more about the, um, 
the outside perspective and and there's something about sort of um the distortion of this of this kind of character um that's really important and that's really um uh, that that's effective in in its own way um and that's that's sort of that's what keeps people sort of reflecting on this movie and and thinking about it uh, you know for the long term and thinking about that that final shot as you know as john wayne stands outside um you know waiting to be to be invited in but but really just you know um is not fit for the modern world essentially um i i think i think people have sort of ruminated over that moment for for a very long time um and the I would say, yeah, I, like I, I don't mean to cut you off, but the ending shot has something about it where it's poetic. Yeah, and- like there's for me, I was like, man, that shot I don't quite understand yet. This is my first viewing, but it's like it was like instantly iconic. Like it was like I'm saying something in this final moment, right? Yeah. And um, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just like, wow, that's instantly memorable. Like I'm never gonna forget that ending uh, for, with, with the door closing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And, and I think, I don't know. I, I, I think the two approaches are both valid and both, um, really successful at what they do. Um, you know, I think Red River, like I said, is much more of a character study and much more of a, um, a piece about sort of, um, fatherhood, about responsibility, about this sort of, um, the madness that comes with dedication and with drive. Um, and, and the searchers is a movie about, um, almost about the place of some people in, in the modern world. Um, and, and I think, and I think it's John Ford coming to grips with himself as well being, you know, sort of understanding his own place in, in the modern world, um, his own place as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, um, and his, his past actions too, you know, coming to sort of, um, grips with maybe some of the, the, you know, maybe some of the stereotypes or some of the, the, the things that he portrayed poorly, uh, you know, earlier on, um, and I, I don't think, I don't think one is better than the other necessarily. I just think they're, they are tackling two different things in almost a, in some ways a similar way or with similar trappings, um, but coming about it very differently, I would say. So, yeah, I think that it is more fair to study Ford's evolution from Stagecoach to this than comparing this to Hawks's work, right? Because Howard Hawks came from very very different types of of films um where it's like this is his space and this is his his journey with it um there's a lot as you've been talking about it i'm like wow like i didn't even this is why you're the expert cameron like i didn't even consider sort of the own self common commentary about like being shut out and um i don't know like even I don't know how accurate this is, but like sort of writing his own, um, writing his hero. How how am I saying this? It's like, it's like John Ford puts John Wayne as a heroic version of himself and to have him almost be a flawed hero, right? In his later films, than the kind of, star of the show i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm just like likable rough and tough but you know almost untouchable in a way like there's nothing wrong with him even though there's something wrong like like he's a bad guy but you like it you know there's Mm -hmm. there's definitely more flaws to it and so it's it's um you can see progress and you can see maturity growing in ford with his movies and Man, like if anybody had to go film World War II, I'd imagine that he'd been doing a little bit of self-reflection. Um, sure, yeah. The uh, the thing that I thought of when looking at John Wayne's portrayal um, in this movie, right? Like I, I I'm I'm a big fan of John Wayne now. Watch watching these movies, and we made this comparison to Marvel movies 
um, or superhero movies, right? Uh, last week when talking about Westerns and their, and their time in history. And maybe this isn't that clever, but I thought about Hugh Jackman's portrayal of Wolverine in X-Men 1 compared to his portrayal in Logan, right? Mm-hmm. A substantial difference kind of in the way that the characters are early on shown as these like goofy, heroic, you know, one-liner kind of people to very complex characters that that are that that have flaws that make them feel more human, right? Yeah. Um and I I really like how John Wayne's career as as he's getting older embraces some some more of these like mature roles. Uh yeah, I just I thought it was an apt comparison. I don't know if it makes 100% sense, but cuz like I'm just thinking about the whole time like my grandpa looked up to this guy, right? And and he honestly a lot of my grandpa's character comes from his love of John Wayne and the way he's portrayed as this hero on screen. Right. Um, and so I, I don't know. I was thinking like, who is, who is the superhero actor kind of guy that people look up to today? And I thought about like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Cause as Iron Man. And I was like, I don't know if that's an exact comparison. Cause I just, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rambling with it, but I really did think that, the the difference between X-Men 1 and Logan like that's that's kind of the direction that John Wayne takes in in his films. What do you think, Cameron? Yeah, um you know, I was I the, the thing about that comparison that I think is kind of funny is um I actually think it's more comparable to movies that we will watch, you know, uh later on to the, sort of the um or, or I guess the you know X Men One, uh, you know the PG thirteen, you know kind of um, you know fun, but but kind of goofy and silly um, movie to Logan, which is very brutal and very heartfelt and actually very um, uh, uh, a much deeper portrayal of of this you know this type of character. Um, and I, I do think there's there's uh, there's it's an apt comparison. I do think it's it's true, um, but it it reminds me Logan in a lot of ways reminds me of actually Leone movies, um, and I think obviously pretty inspired by Leone movies um, because of this sort of sullen wandering. Um, you know, quote unquote hero who's actually, you know, not a very good person, not a very good guy in general, but, um, you know, has something, has some, uh, quality that makes you, you interested in, and like, you know, makes you root for him at the same time, even if he's sort of maybe not the, the best, the best person or the best guy. Um, and and I think I think Leone movies are kind of the prime example of that, and where westerns will go after this movie actually is the prime example of that. Um, where instead of taking sort of the the old trope of the you know the hoorah hero, um, you know someone who's who's sort of rough and tumble, but you know gets it gets the job done, whatever. Um, you know Leone takes it in the direction that is um, that is smart and cunning um you know a smart and cunning anti-hero um who who some somehow always gets himself out of a jam um you know and so so i think i think you see this this is a great transition period because you get kind of both of those elements right you get the the sort of the hoorah hero from from the original you know western style and the um the uh, darkness of of a character like um, you know the man with no name or uh, you know this darkness in the anti-hero perspective and I I do think Ethan Edwards is pretty is is pretty much an anti-hero like I think I think if anybody is is sort of the the heroic personality it would be Martin right um, you know he's the one who's who's kind of always trying to stand up for the good side and always trying to to sort of um, be noble and righteous. Um, but at the end of the day, and what I think is, is very interesting is, um, you know, Martin is not the one who, um, who, who saves her. 
um, you know, Martin is not the one who who sort of is the hero in the end. Um, it it still is Ethan Edwards. It still is the antihero. Um, and I think there's something probably to chew on there in that you know, what what is what is Ford saying about sort of, um, what what is Ford saying about how um what what makes a good man and what makes a a bad man um i think part of it is is sort of the um you know i think i think ford is kind of saying as much as as much as martin is being you know the noble person he's not the one to to finish the job he's not the one to get it done um that takes something else it takes maybe it does take a little bit of of darkness um it does take a little bit of the anti-hero um so i don't know i think it's i think it's an, an interesting comparison um to to what you're saying and that um logan you know it's it's a movie where the hero is not really the the hero in a lot of ways so yeah yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I, I am impressed how much commentary can take like after this movie has rolled its credits, you know? And I, I think because I'm first viewing it, I haven't had as much time to dissect it. I'm like genuinely blown away about how much it says about Ford, how much it says about like, guess, morality and... I don't. I don't know. the The World War II context is is actually fascinating to me. It's 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 really amazing. So this is his first Western for f- after five years after the war. Or um, maybe like six years. Um, I I can't remember what is the one before that was, but um, it it was he. You know, he stopped doing westerns for quite some time. Um, yeah, he he gave it up for for a bit. Um, yeah, and he he made. Um, let's see, I'm, j- I'm just looking at his, uh, um, let's see. So he made, um, let's see in 50, he made, uh, Rio Grande, um, which I guess probably was his, his last one. I, I might be, I might be missing a, a one in between. Uh, but yeah, he, you know, he makes, um, he he goes on to make a different, you know, a couple different non westerns. So uh, I kind of want to see John uh, John Ford's World War II footage now. That sounds yeah, there's, crazy. There's definitely, um, you know, the, there's uh, there's definitely um, ones that you can find. Like he made um, he made the Battle of Midway um, as a as a short. Um, yeah, there's there's. There's definitely f- footage that you can find for sure. Um, so, wow, I would recommend looking into it. Um, I'm sure you, you can find it on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I I think it's time to get into ratings, Cameron. Um, yeah, this is. I'm a little bit stuck on it, but I think I know where I'm leaning with it, Cameron. Where would you rate this film for people? Um, you know. It, I'm sort of it's tough because I'm sort of looking to um to recommend it to everyone um just because it's one of those movies that when you when you see it you can be you'll be so shocked that it was made in in 1956 you know what I mean like it's a it's a movie that that even if you get absolutely nothing out of the story or you've, you know, you're, you're bored to tears. I think it's worth watching to, to see like, look what kind of, uh, even just what kind of technology they had back then and how just incredible it looks on, you know, today's screens. So I, I am leaning towards, towards, you know, towards everyone. Uh, but I can understand that, you know, I don't think it's a movie for everyone, uh, but I do think it's a movie everyone should see, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. No, I know our rating system doesn't really make a ton of sense sometimes when you consider it. We rate for, like for everyone, for um, casuals, for the curious, and for the cinephiles, right? And I obviously, I don't think this movie is for cinephiles. I don't think it's for the curious either. You can be a casual and enjoy this movie and pick out little bits, right? You could be, you can consider yourself, oh, I like to watch 
um, you know, consider yourself like exploring film, right, and and get into it. But I'm actually I'm actually leaning with you, Cameron. My I want to recommend this movie to everyone because I do think someone, almost anyone, can get something out of it. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, and not even necessarily, like you were saying, not even necessarily based on the dissection of the plot or the commentary around John Ford. I, I think watching this movie after this podcast will probably be more enjoyable than watching it um, like before, if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will make those those dumb moments where l- the, the, the little kids are arguing, you know, less egregious, you know? <laughs> Well, it's not it's not that bad. Cameron's right. It's the very short moments, um, but like you'll be there, ready to chew on the best parts of this movie, right? I think even without the context, you know, someone could be like, "Wow, it's it looks amazing," right? It it has that Western vastness that I don't know how to find in a lot of Westerns. Do you know what I mean? There's so many yeah. out there and it's like this one, if I really committed to sit down and watch a Western, I don't think I would be disappointed by this one. At I agree. All, you know? Well, and then, you know, even from the first shot, you know, as they're, as it, you know, it's, it's going, you know, uh, it's following the, the woman as she sort of opens the door and you get this, this sort of incredible view of, of Monument Valley. You know, it's just, it just, is mind blowing in a lot of ways. Like, it's it's incredible. It yeah. captivates you immediately. I would say, yeah. and so I I don't think you know I don't think maybe they'll be bored like intermittently, but I think most people if they if they get a look of that that sort of first few moments, you know, I think I think almost everybody is is going to see how um, how incredible it is. You know, I'm going to give some advice for people that watch old movies. Okay. <laughs> For casual peoples that want that want to explore watching old movies. And Cameron, you're going to hate me for this because I'm sure that I don't know. I don't know why people would hate me for this, but just skip the intro credits. Like I'm telling you right now, <laughs> like if you just skip those stupid songs and those Oh, but those the song old, is so good in this the one. The old it's so graphics. Good. Who cares? Who cares? It's so good. If, you, if this movie could have started with that opening shot, like you'll be bought in. Oh, I'm going to tell on. you right now. As a casual, I'm going to tell you right now, if this movie didn't have any of that dumb music and all the stuff, all right, <laughs> if it just started that opening shot, I'm telling you, dude, I would be like, what? Because the first thing I said as soon as those credits were over, I, I basically, I turned my brain back on, right? Um, the the opening shot, I was like, this is, this looks amazing. That was the first thing I said. <laughs> like, as soon as it started, I was like, wow, look at that. <laughs> And I was like, if only I didn't sit there for two minutes with the dumb credits, you know? Um, so yeah, if you're <laughs> oh trying to get gosh. into old movies, just start skipping the credits. I'm telling you, it makes it much better. Much better experience. Um, I watch them for you, Cameron. I watch them for you, but I gotta tell you, every time they start singing and playing, uh, this is a Western, you know? I'm like, alright, come it's on. A, it's a good song, though. Like it, and it I, I, and it comes back at the end, you know, that's like, it's like the final song when, when he's, when he's leaving and it's beautiful. It's a great song. Yeah. I don't remember the song at all. Oh gosh. And I watched the credits. So there you go. Um, yeah, no, I think I'm going to stick with everyone too, which is surprising for me. Um, despite my complaints, I think that gives credit to this movie. Um, I do think you'll find something. And I love the snow. I love the snow in the Westerns and those, the Buffalo scene. Whoa, dude. I think they actually shot that buffalo. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I don't know. Sure they, I don't know how they got him to fall down. I was like, I'm pretty sure they just killed that buffalo. <laughs> they had to. They had to make him extinct somehow, right? Or you I know, guess. highly I endangered. That. Are they? Jeez. Uh, that's what I was wondering. Seeing those buffaloes, I was like, Are buffaloes gone? No. Or are they just uh, highly endangered? No, no. They're they're not as in, endangered. Uh, uh, now i think they're 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 roaring back i think the buffalo are coming back well that's good because uh 1950s hollywood wanted to end them so (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that was yeah and uh, yeah this movie um it's got it's got a lot to like so i i would take cameron's recommendation over my own besides my own complaining I'll, i'll i'll be candid there um yeah any any closing thoughts cameron anything else you need to tell people about where we're going with western month 
No, I mean, just get ready for for some fun, exciting, violent westerns in the next couple of weeks because, um, yeah, that's where we're going to be watching. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, so ready. You know, here's the thing, and, and this, I think westerns, maybe this will be the closeout, but westerns are a, re- a really great example of a genre that evolves with Hollywood um, because it's had so many different periods. You know, you can really see how its, its trajectory has moved um, with you know, with the experience of Hollywood and with the the sort of the way that that Hollywood evolved in these time periods. And, you know, we go from stagecoach and well, even earlier than that, you know, we go from the silent films of The Great Train Robbery, um, which is, you know, fun and um, not kind of lighthearted and, and not that. I mean, I guess it was intense back then, maybe. But, um, you know, in any case, but then we go to uh, to stagecoach, which is, um, you know, it's very hoorah and, and raucous and, but also talking a lot about class and talking about, um, you know, some interesting subtext there. And then we get this movie, which is much more mature and much more evolved in a way. Um, you know, and it reminds me a lot of, of sort of the Billy Wilder movies that we were watching in this era, uh, you know, that were much more, um, somber much more dark and sincere um and you know not quite as light and fun as some of the earlier um movies in in hollywood's history and then um as we get into the 60s and 70s you can see another major shift um and i obviously leone is not a not a hollywood player but he's someone who's very in tune with with hollywood who's very in tune with the you know world cinema in a lot of ways and we get another shift of of making much darker, much more um, uh, raw and, um, you know, very um, gritty movies uh, in a way. So um, I think it'll be fun. It'll be an interesting way to move on to, you know, to the next period, which is sort of the modern Western Um and there's there's a lot of good examples of that. I'm gonna we're gonna let the patrons vote for for what the modern western is gonna be. But um, you know we'll see. It's it's uh, there's a lot of good options out there. I'm not sure what what I'll add to that, but maybe I'll put up the the poll pretty soon. So good. Well, I'm ready for it, Cameron. Thanks for putting this together as well. It's been exciting exploring a genre I've wanted to know more about. We post every Monday, guys. Again, you can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you enjoy the show, if you want some benefits, it's all there. And we'll see you guys next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one. Bye.